The Law School of America. A pardon is a government decision to allow a person to be relieved of some or all of the legal consequences resulting from a criminal conviction. A pardon may be granted before or after conviction for the crime, depending on the laws of the jurisdiction. Pardons can be granted in many countries when individuals are deemed to have demonstrated that they have paid their debt to society or are otherwise considered to be deserving of them. Pardons are sometimes offered to persons who were either wrongfully convicted or who claim that they were wrongfully convicted. In some jurisdictions of some nations, accepting a pardon may implicitly constitute an admission of guilt, the offer is refused in some cases. Cases of wrongful conviction are in recent times more often dealt with by appeal rather than by pardon, however, a pardon is sometimes offered when innocence is undisputed in order to avoid the costs that are associated with a retrial. Clemency plays a critical role when capital punishment exists in a jurisdiction. Pardons are sometimes seen as a mechanism for combating corruption, allowing a particular authority to circumvent a flawed judicial process to free someone that is seen as wrongly convicted. Pardons can also be a source of controversy. In extreme cases, some pardons may be seen as acts of corruption by officials in the form of granting effective immunity as political favors. By country. United States. U.S. Constitution. In the United States, the pardon power for offenses against the United States is granted to the President of the United States under Article 2, Section 2 of the United States Constitution which states that the President shall have power to grant reprieves and pardons for offenses against the United States, except in cases of impeachment. The U.S. Supreme Court has interpreted this language to include the power to grant pardons, conditional pardons, commutations of sentence, conditional commutations of sentence, remissions of fines and forfeitures, respites, and amnesties. The pardon power of the president applies only to convictions under federal law. Additionally, the power extends to military court-martial cases as well as convictions in the Superior Court at the District of Columbia. Almost all pardon petitions are addressed to the president, who grants or denies the request. In some cases, the president will, of his own accord, issue a pardon. Typically, applications for pardons are referred for review and non-binding recommendation by the Office of the Pardon Attorney, an official of the United States Department of Justice. State Law The governors of most U.S. states have the power to grant pardons or reprieves for offenses under state criminal law. In other states, that power is committed to an appointed agency or a board, or to a board and the governor in some hybrid arrangement, in some states the agency is merged with that of the parole board, as in the Oklahoma Pardon and Parole Board. Nine states in the United States have boards of pardons and paroles that exclusively grant all state pardons. These states are, Alabama, Board of Pardons and Paroles, Connecticut, Board of Pardons and Paroles, Georgia, Board of Pardons and Paroles, Idaho, Commission of Pardons and Paroles, Minnesota, Board of Pardons, Nebraska, Board of Pardons, Nevada, Board of Pardon Commissioners, South Carolina, Board of Probation, Parole and Pardon, and Utah. Board of Pardons and Parole. On at least three occasions, state governors, Tony and I of New Mexico in 1986, George Ryan of Illinois in 2003, and Martin O'Malley of Maryland in 2014, have commuted all death sentences in their respective states prior to leaving office. Related concepts. These terms differ subtly from country to country, but generally. Clemency is a general concept of amelioration of penalties, especially by action of executive officials. The forms it may take include the following. Amnesty, a pardon applied to a group of people rather than an individual. President Jimmy Carter offered amnesty to anyone who had evaded the draft. 
Weapon amnesties are often granted so that people can hand in weapons to the police without any legal questions being asked as to where they obtained them, why they had them, etc. After a civil war mass amnesty may be granted to absolve all participants of guilt and move on. Amnesties are typically applied in advance of any prosecution for the crime. Commutation, substituting the imposed penalty for a crime with a lesser penalty, whilst still remaining guilty of the original crime, for example, someone who is guilty of murder may have their sentence commuted to life imprisonment rather than death, or the term of imprisonment may be reduced. Remission, complete or partial cancellation of the penalty, whilst still being considered guilty of said crime, i.e., reduced penalty. This should not be confused with what is known in the USA as remission of remand, in which a case is sent back to a lower court from which it was appealed, with instructions as to what further proceedings should be held. Reprieve, temporary postponement of a punishment, usually so that the accused can mount an appeal, especially if he or she has been sentenced to death. Respite, the delay of an ordered sentence, or the act of temporarily imposing a lesser sentence upon the convicted, whilst further investigation, action, or appeals can be conducted. Expungement, the process by which the record of a criminal conviction is destroyed or sealed from the official repository, thus removing any traces of guilt or conviction. Immunity from prosecution, a prosecutor may grant immunity, usually to a witness, in exchange for testimony or production of other evidence. The prosecutor, conditionally, agrees not to prosecute a crime that the witness might have committed in exchange for said evidence. For example, a car thief who witnesses a murder might be granted immunity for his crime as an inducement to identify, and perhaps to truthfully testify against the murderer. Other immunity, several other types of immunity are available, depending on the status of a person as a member of the government. Some criminals who testify for the prosecution put their life in jeopardy by doing so. To encourage witnesses to testify, the government may offer witness protection. In the United States Federal Witness Protection Program, about 95% of our criminals. Those who testify for the prosecution may be offered immunity from prosecution for their own crimes. Now a word from our sponsor, the Law School of America, Canada. Pardons. The Parole Board of Canada, PBC, is the federal agency responsible for making pardon decisions under the Criminal Records Act, CRA. Under the CRA, the PBC can issue, grant, deny, and revoke pardons. In 2012, the Parliament of Canada passed the Safe Streets and Communities Act, which changed many of the elements regarding the criminal justice system. The Act replaced the term pardon with record suspension, and the pardon system was similarly changed. A pardon keeps the police record of a conviction separate and apart from other criminal records, and gives law-abiding citizens an opportunity to reintegrate into Canadian society. The RCMP removes all information about the conviction for which an individual received the pardon from the Canadian Police Information Centre, CPIC. Federal agencies cannot give out information about the conviction without approval from the Minister of Public Safety Canada. A pardon does not, however, erase the fact that an individual was convicted of a crime. The criminal record is not erased, but it is kept separate and apart from other, non-pardoned, criminal records. A pardon removes disqualifications caused by a criminal conviction, such as the ability to contract with the federal government, or eligibility for Canadian citizenship. If an individual in receipt of a pardon is convicted of a new offence, the information may lead to a reactivation of the criminal record for which the pardon was received in CPIC. A pardon does not guarantee entry or visa privileges to another country. Before traveling to another country, individuals must still contact the authorities of the country in question to find out what the requirements are to enter that country.
Processing of pardons by the Parole Board of Canada generally takes six months for a summary offence and 12 months for an indictable offence. If the Parole Board proposes to deny the application, it can take 24 months to process. Individuals can apply for a pardon if they were convicted as an adult of a criminal offence in Canada, or of an offence under a federal act or regulation of Canada, or if they were convicted of a crime in another country and were transferred to Canada under the Transfer of Offenders Act or International Transfer of Offenders Act. Non-Canadian citizens are not eligible for a Canadian pardon unless they were convicted of a crime in Canada. To be eligible for a pardon or record suspension, individuals must have completed all of their sentences in a waiting period. Individuals are considered to have completed all of their sentences if they have paid all fines, surcharges, costs, restitution and compensation orders, served all sentences of imprisonment, conditional sentences, including parole or statutory release, completed their probation order. Prior to 2012, following completion of all of their sentences, individuals must have completed a waiting period, as follows. Three years for summary convictions under the Criminal Code or other federal act or regulation, except sexual crimes against children. Three years under the National Defense Act, if fined $2,000 or less, detained or imprisoned six months or less, or subjected to various lesser punishments for a service offense. Five years for indictable convictions under the Criminal Code or other federal act or regulation and summary convictions of sexual crimes against children. Five years for all convictions by a Canadian offender transferred to Canada under the Transfer of Offenders Act or International Transfer of Offenders Act. Five years under the National Defense Act, if you were fined more than $2,000, detained or imprisoned more than six months, or dismissed from service. Ten years for indictable convictions for sexual crimes against children and criminals receiving more than two years of imprisonment time for serious personal injury offense such as manslaughter or other designated offense under Section 752 of the Criminal Code. Effective March 13, 2012, the eligibility criteria and waiting periods changed. Five years for summary convictions under the Criminal Code or other federal act or regulation, except sexual crimes against children. Five years under the National Defense Act, if fined $2,000 or less, detained or imprisoned six months or less, or subjected to various lesser punishments for a service offense. Ten years for indictable convictions under the Criminal Code or other federal act or regulation and summary convictions of sexual crimes against children. Ten years for all convictions by a Canadian offender transferred to Canada under the Transfer of Offenders Act or International Transfer of Offenders Act. Ten years under the National Defense Act, if fined more than $2,000, detained or imprisoned more than six months, or dismissed from service. Not eligible for indictable convictions for sexual crimes against children, Schedule 1 offense under CRA not eligible for criminals with more than three offenses prosecuted by indictment, each with a prison sentence of two or more years. Applicants for a record suspension must be able to show that they have completed their sentences in full and provide proof of payment. Individuals can apply for a pardon by filling out the application forms available from the Parole Board and by paying a $631 pardon application fee. Clemency. In Canada, clemency is granted by the Governor-General of Canada or the Governor-in-Council, the Federal Cabinet, under the Royal Prerogative of Mercy. Applications are also made to the National Parole Board, as in pardons, but clemency may involve the commutation of a sentence or the remission of all or part of the sentence, a respite from the sentence, for a medical condition or a relief from a prohibition for example, to allow someone to drive who has been prohibited from driving. United Kingdom. 
The power to grant pardons and reprieves in the United Kingdom is known as the royal prerogative of mercy. It was traditionally in the absolute power of the monarch to pardon an individual for a crime, whether or not he or she had been convicted, and thereby commute any penalty. The power was then delegated both to the judiciary and the sovereign's ministers. Since the creation of legal rights of appeal, the royal prerogative of mercy is no longer exercised by the person of the sovereign, or by the judiciary, but only by the government. In constitutional terms, under the doctrine of the rule of law, the power of ministers to overrule the judiciary by commuting criminal sanctions imposed resolves different and sometimes conflicting public interests. In civil matters, only the legislative branch, and not ministers, have the power to override the judiciary. Until the 19th century, for many crimes the sentence was mandatory and was formally pronounced in court immediately upon conviction, but judges and ministers were given powers to exercise the royal prerogative of mercy out of court, in order to mitigate the rigor of the law. Before there was any general form of criminal appeal, a judge might grant a pardon either by way of clemency, because he felt in his opinion that the law was unduly harsh, for example, in the case of convictions of minors, that the verdict was dubious, to seek public approval, or it was otherwise in the public interest. Capital sentences imposed by the assizes were generally executed when the assize was concluded and as the circuit judge left the town, so there was a limited window of time to apply to a judge or directly to the crown for a pardon. Especially for assizes that were far away from the then capital and major cities of London, York, Durham, Edinburgh, or Dublin, a pardon might well arrive too late. Perhaps as a form of temporary punishment, to give solace, to avoid public disorder, to consult or obtain further evidence, or to maximize the public approval of the king's mercy, judges often did not grant their pardons until their departures, the convict often hoped until his last moments that the sentence of death would not actually be executed, and it was generally popular for a reprieve to arrive at the scaffold at the very moment of the execution. Conditional pardons were granted to many in the 18th century, in return for transportation to British colonies overseas for life in lieu, especially to the Australian colonies. The first known general pardon in post-conquest England was issued during the celebrations at the coronation of King Edward III in 1327. In 2006, all soldiers from England, Wales, Scotland, and Ireland who were executed for cowardice during the First World War were given a statutory pardon by an Act of Parliament, the Armed Forces Act 2006, following a long-running controversy about the justice of their executions. Today the Sovereign only grants pardons upon the advice of her ministers, currently they are the Lord Chancellor, for England and Wales, the First Minister of Scotland, or the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. The Secretary of State for Defense is responsible for military cases. It is the standard policy of the government to only grant pardons to those who are considered morally innocent of the offense, as opposed to those who may have been wrongly convicted by a misapplication of the law. Pardons are generally no longer issued prior to a conviction, but only after the conviction. The use of the royal prerogative of mercy is now a rare occurrence, given that the Criminal Cases Review Commission and the Scottish Criminal Cases Review Commission are now avenues to statutory remedies against miscarriages of justice. Therefore, the grant of pardons is now a very rare occurrence indeed, and the vast majority of acknowledged miscarriages of justice were decided upon by the courts. During the Birmingham Six case, Home Secretary Douglas Hurd stressed that he could only make the decision for a pardon if he was convinced of innocence, which at the time he was not. One recent case was that of two drug smugglers, John Haas and Paul Bennett. They were pardoned in July 1996 from their sentences of imprisonment both of 18 years, having served some 10 months, on the advice of Home Secretary Michael Howard. 
This was intended as a reward for their information given to the authorities, but there were speculations as to the motives of the Home Secretary. In 2008 they were sentenced to imprisonment for 20 and 22 years, respectively, after subsequent discovery that the information they gave was unreliable. In 1980, after the courts had dismissed their appeals, the Home Secretary, William Whitelaw, used the royal prerogative of mercy to free David Cooper and Michael McMahon from their imprisonment, both having been convicted of murder on poor evidence. Under the Act of Settlement 1701, a pardon cannot prevent a person from being impeached by Parliament, but a pardon may commute any penalties imposed for the conviction. In England and Wales no person may be pardoned for an offence under Section 11 of the Habeas Corpus Act 1679, unlawfully transporting prisoners out of England and Wales. The Law School of America The content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation incorporated under a Creative Commons attribution, share alike license. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America